Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Justice Matters, the podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Suzanne Rogers and I am a research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. As regular listeners at this point will know, we release three different types of podcasts. There's our interview series where we chat to experts on a range of policy areas. We have our 10 minute lesson series where we aim to educate and inform listeners on particular areas of policy, giving a brief overview somewhere in the range of eight to 15 minutes and hitting on the key points that people need to know. And we have our seminar series, which provides opportunities to listen back to some of the most important presentations of past events. But this week, we held our 34th annual policy conference on the theme of social rights for all, time to deliver on the European pillar of social rights. Here, we will get the chance to listen to Santina Bertolesi's presentation, and I'll let our chair, Mick Clifford, introduce her. We hope you enjoy. Without further ado, just to introduce you to our first speaker, Santina Bertolesi is Deputy Head of Cabinet for Nicholas Schmidt, Commissioner for Jobs and Social Rights. She is the Cabinet's Senior Political Advisor. She's in charge of the coordination of the European Pillar of Social Rights. She graduated in political science, has a Master's in Economics and International Relations, and a PhD in International Relations. Before joining the Cabinet of Commissioner Schmidt, she worked for more than 20 years in the European Parliament. Her paper is entitled A Strong Social Europe for Just Transition and Recovery. And over to you, Santina. Good morning, everybody. I will try to share with you the presentation, but um, first of all, I would like to thank you for not only for inviting me um, for this conference. Uh, I feel honored uh, given um, the impressive uh, experience that um, social justice has uh, um, developed in all these years, but also for choosing this uh, item, this topic, which is very dear to, uh, to my heart, of course, which is social rights and the implementation of uh, the delivery and the implementation of the European Pillar of Social Rights. And even more so because today is the fourth anniversary of the proclamation of the pillar. So we also celebrate the fourth years of, of uh, the proclamation in Gothenburg, and uh, we celebrated in a moment um, where, and I mean in 2021, social issues uh, due to the pandemic um, also ha have come to the forefront and uh, have uh, pushed forward the need for um, balanced uh, social and economic uh, measures deployed in reaction to the crisis. And I think that, um, as it was also uh, briefly mentioned by Sean before, this time Europe has uh, shown um, solidarity and has reacted differently from the previous crisis. Um, but let's try to um, focus on, um, you asked me to present uh, the main features of the European Pillar of Social Rights Action Plan. Let's try um, to focus on these and try to underline some um, key aspects and also key measures later on in the, in the presentation. Um, uh, from uh, the, um, you know, as I was saying, we have now four years of the pillar and we have moved from Gothenburg 
to Porto actually, because 2021 was a very important year due to, uh, to the Porto Summit, because we have endorsed in Porto the action plan which was adopted uh, by the Commission at the beginning of March 21. And um, there's no need for me to present the 20 pillars of the, the 20 principles of the pillars. I think that they are well known. And the importance of these principles is, um, is even um, becoming greater given the, 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 the reality we are confronted due to the COVID-19. And uh, even the, the approach of the pillar based on the three areas of equal opportunity, access to the labor market, uh, fair working conditions, and social inclusion remains, remains valid. And not only they remains valid, but they have also become a key element of the pillar and the, uh, together with the social scoreboard and the monitoring of uh, the, the economic and social developments within the member states. Uh, it is important to focus on the political commitments. And uh, as I said, um, we had commitments for the main three institutions with the pillar when the pillar uh, was adopted in Gothenburg, but it was necessary to uh, re-engage the, the political European institutions, re-engage the stakeholders, re-engage member states at all levels, uh, with a view uh, to progress with implementation, um, to the implementation of, of the pillar. And uh, these, uh, as I said, was possible because um, the implementation of the pillar was a key political objective endorsed by this commission, by the president of, the, of this commission. And it has become a reality uh, in a moment where uh, we had also to face um, the challenges arising from the COVID, but also from the shifts toward greener economy and more digital economies against the background of the digital, uh, of the demographic changes. And we have launched uh, the action plan for the pillar, which sets out the vision for the next 10 years coming after the Lisbon strategies, having this uh, background and having in mind that we had to have a long view, long term view, but also to be able to tackle the immediate consequences of the COVID crisis. And um, we, uh, we have done so taking into account uh, those dimensions. And that's why, in a way, also putting the words of the president of the Commission, Mrs. von der Leyen, the, the, the European Pillar of Social Rights has become um, the, the new uh, social rule book for, for Europe, and it has really it's, has become a beacon for the employment and, and social uh, policy. And we are doing this because it's necessary, because of the economic and social resilience being part of the same success story of the social market economy model of the EU, and either we manage to achieve that or we fail in our project, in our integration project. But it's also important because these key issues are uh, considered the most important by the citizens themselves. Uh, when we have carried out the uh, Eurostat uh, survey, it was uh, not surprising, I have to say personally, that nine on 10 respondents have uh, stressed that uh, social Europe and social issues are very important for them uh, personally. This shows that we, uh, by strengthening and implementing the, the social pillar, we are doing um, the right thing and also um, 
important to, to say that the respondents in Ireland um, towards the, the, the importance of the social aspect was even higher than, than the European average. Um, and so uh, we are uh, confident that we are on, 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 on the good track by having put forward an action plan. And the key objectives of this action plan um, is that uh, the commitment of, the, of, this, uh, of this commission has uh, been uh, to um, put that into practice already while reacting to the crisis. And as, as we said before, this time there was a paradigm shift. We have replied to the COVID crisis with solidarity. And I would like to remember that not only we had suspended the, uh, growth, um, the Stability and Growth Pact with escape clause, but one of the key measures we have taken immediately uh, after the, the um, after the, 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 the pandemic was the adoption of the temporary support for unemployment risk, for mitigating unemployment risk, what we have called SURE, which has created a European uh, scheme, supporting scheme uh, for uh, introducing short-time work schemes and preventing job losses, supporting um, companies to keep workers uh, employed preserving human capital it's been a huge success it's now been uh, fully implemented we have used almost the 10 um, almost 100 billion uh, budget and uh, i think that it's a good uh, lesson on which we have to build for the future but not only we have uh, put in place this action plan to 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 answer to the crisis but also to um to tackle um to tackle the, the, as I said, the consequences, uh, which have hit in particular certain categories of our population, groups uh, uh, that uh, are in particular among youth, uh, precarious workers, women, and also certain sectors like uh, we know the tourism, the cultural sector, um, the accommodation, and in particular in, in certain regions. So this has been uh, against the background of the measures that we have put forward in, in, in the action plan. Also because the action plan and its implementation is basically the strategies for rebuilding better. And together with the next generation EU, uh, the implementation of the pillar really has the ambitions of rebuild the EU on more um, on fairer and more resilient basis. Um, as, as Sean was mentioning that we have failed in achieving the, the, Lisbon, uh, the Lisbon agenda uh, targets, I would like to uh, stress that notwithstanding that, we have set again the ambitions of having new targets because by setting new targets at European level and national level, we commit member states in achieving them. And actually member states have committed to achieve these targets. And which are the targets that we have set? Remirroring the approach of the pillar. We have set a target in terms of employment rate. And as we said, we're setting a vision for 2030. And we have agreed that we, the aim is to reach at least 78% of adults um, aged between 2020 20 to 64 in employment by, 30, uh, by 2030. And the current level is 73%. Um, and we have uh, also uh, sub targets 
aiming at uh, women uh, employment rate and really reaching out and at needs at young people that are not in, not in, in training and employment or education. Uh, we have focused a second target on skills at skills and building skills is key with a view uh, to tackle the transitions and have inclusive transitions. And we have set a target of 60% of the adult participating in the training at least once per year. And then what's, what is very dear to my heart, we have set the, uh, the, the target of reducing poverty of at least um, 15 million of people at risk of poverty and social exclusion and underline at least, uh, in particular with regard to the, the, the 5 million, uh, which concerns the target of lifting children out of poverty. And this is an effort that we take very much uh, um, seriously and we will spend a couple of words on also on measures like such as the European uh, child guarantee that we have adopted to, uh, to that regard. Uh, these targets are set at European level, but member states have to translate that at national level, and they are doing so, and this has to be done by the beginning of 22. And um, the, 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 uh, we know that, of course, member state situation is different. They're starting from different, uh, different uh, thresholds, but also, also those member states that have already achieved the European targets have to go ahead and continue and continue that the, the work. Why uh, we are confident that we have put the right um, the, the, the right motion is because uh, we really uh, rely on the fact that the Porto Social Summit, uh, Summit and the implementation of the commitment taken there, both with the social commitment that has put together the institution, the social partners, the civil society, but also with the Porto Declaration, the leaders have engaged uh, um, have engaged towards uh, the, the achievement of the target and have committed also to follow up at the highest political uh, political level. Uh, the Porto Declaration has stressed that uh, the support will be around the, the series of package, legislative and non-legislative. We will see them soon more in uh, in. Uh, in detail, and they have really um, also committed by taking up in the European Council conclusion of uh, the 25th of June following Porto, the uh, achievement of, of the targets towards um, uh, and in the framework towards 2030 and in the framework of, uh, of this semester. Here, I would like to stress the key role of the social scoreboard that together with the action plan has been updated to take up new headline indicators, notably uh, the one on, on child poverty for instance, because I said this is a top priority for, for us. Um, of course, uh, leaders engagement is not enough. We know very well that we need to engage forces everywhere. That, that's why the implementing the pillar is a joint responsibility. Of course, member states uh, retain most of the competencies in terms of social and employment issues, but they, we are very much committed at European level. My commissioner is very much committed to implement the pillar and we are um, working very closely with the other institutions, with the member states and the European Parliament. But at the same time, we know that social partners have a key role to play in implementation and they have to be fully involved at European and national level, but also civil society and also the local and regional level. That's why uh, we can only uh, succeed if we rely forces and uh, we join forces in, in the achievement of the objective. Why are we also confident that we are on the right track? Because this time there are funds. Uh, as we said, of course, we 
um, uh, we know that uh, having adopted the next generation EU package has been a, a, a qualitative leap in the history of European integration. Uh, this creates a, a huge opportunity um, for really rebuilding back uh, better, but it creates huge opportunities for member states in the moment that they design and that now they are about to implement because we have already uh, given the green light to 22 national recovery resilience plans. And we have to say that so far we can see that member states have more or less devoted 30% of their investment and reforms as foreseen under the recovery resilience facility to social expenditure, including health. And this is encouraging because uh, let's remember that this facility did not set any target for the social expenditure. It had done so for green and digital, 37 for green, 20 for digital, but not social. And we are happy to see that member states and uh, rightly so are devoting investments to uh, the, the social employment field up to uh, at least a 30%. And we will monitor that because we, will, uh, we are waiting to adopt an implementing act which will uh, allow us to monitor this social expenditure. And then, you do, of course, I would like to focus on the European Social Fund cuts. Traditionally, historically, this is a key fund for tackling the uh, social uh, issues and for creating upward convergence. That's what we try to do uh, with with RRF. Uh, we, I would like to focus that not only we have the 25% focus on social inclusion, but we managed to have the. Mm, devoted benchmark of 5% to child poverty, to fighting child poverty for those member states uh, where the um, child poverty is above the ROPE, the European uh, at risk of poverty level uh, that, that average. And we really uh, are seriously, will be seriously followed up within the semester and a country specific recommendation on that on that aspect. That's why, as I said, the, the, the updated and revised social scoreboard is, is really precious. It's really precious for us to implement, but it's really precious because member states and at the, at the level of the ministries of the committees are working are now also for the, the, the secondary target. As you have seen, we have introduced new headline targets. And in particular, as I said, for child poverty, for measuring this employment gap for, for the disabled, but also to look more carefully at housing costs because this has is having a huge impact on, uh, on poverty. Um, we can now um, try to look at, at the, uh, the, the, the different areas. Um, uh, the different areas on which the action plan has focused, because we have the three areas, as we said, equal opportunities, access to the labor market, the and working conditions and, and the social integration. And let me zoom a little bit in certain, in certain uh, specific initiatives that I would like to put under the spotlight. As, as um, with regard to creating more and better jobs, together with the action plan, we have adopted a recommendation, a, concept, a, a commission recommendation, which was called EASE. It's a package based on uh, active labor markets, uh, hiring incentives, uh, skill, uh, skill reskilling, upskilling, reskilling policies, uh, focusing especially on vulnerable um, workers, targeting youth, and uh, we are very much pushing forwards this approach also into the recovery and resilience plans, and we will do so also with the upcoming recommendation, council recommendation, which will tackle the uh, social and employment aspects of the climate transition. This is recommendation has to be seen together with the reinforced youth guarantee that we had already adopted in uh, in 2020 because uh, it is about 
not only preserving jobs, but ensuring the reallocation of jobs into the labor market, which is taking place due to the green transition, but also because of the acceleration of the digital transformation. And we know that some jobs will be created, many will be destroyed, and we have to ensure that this reallocation of um, of the labor market. It is very important that member states are proactive and the European Commission are proactive and also resources are spent. That's why we really support hiring incentives in this regard. And uh, our um, key uh, proposal, it's, it's the one related to uh, the, the directive on adequate minimum wages. Uh, this directive is really uh, a, a very important uh, initiative for my commissioner, but for all the commission, because it's if you want, it's the symbol of the paradigm shift of this commission. If faced with the crisis, uh, um, differently from 2010, we have put forward a directive which aims at increasing minimum wage of creating a positive dynamic towards upward social uh, convergence by uh, pushing a positive wage dynamics. And together with that, uh, we'll uh, also come, um, we will also come, uh, and we are working at it right now with a specific proposal to tackle platform work. Uh, as we have said, it's important to create new jobs. New jobs are created, but these jobs need to have social rights embedded in them. And this is not the case. We are experiencing a number, an increasing number also of court cases for um, workers uh, under platform uh, uh, work, which are not recognized as such, and which uh, have uh, to live with strained working conditions. Now, we really want to tackle this problem. That's why uh, very soon, in a couple of weeks, we will come up uh, with this um, directive. Uh, and our aim is, is to ensure that workers uh, are considered as such as employees, unless um, we can prove the contrary. Uh, I think that this is a very important piece of legislation we will come up with. And in creating better and new jobs, I also would like to focus on what we will come up with, because this is very much linked also to the fight against social poverty and exclusion. We will come up very soon with an action plan for the social economy. Uh, social economy has a huge role to play in this um, more sustainable um, model that we want to build after the COVID. These, uh, these um, European Union, which puts people at the center for this economy, which is for the people. And this is also uh, very dear to, to the commissioner. And we have also um, put forward uh, the package on the skills agenda, where we will come forward with the individual learning accounts. Skills is a right for the workers, has to be it has to go with working conditions and we need massive investments from the public and also the private sector. That's why also uh, the national plans of recovery and resilience facility, like this, are devoting uh, uh, good resources to that effect. Um, as I was saying, and coming close to, to, to the end, um, we are very much looking at social protection and inclusion. Uh, of course, as we said, uh, minimum wages play an important role because uh, we tackle poverty, at least starting by tackling in-work poverty. And we know that one out of 10 uh, workers live in, in difficult uh, working condition and link lives in work poverty. That's the first aim, but this is not enough. We have to see our action uh, tackling uh, poverty in a, in, a, in a combined and global vision because we have proposed 
the European Child Guarantee, and now member states have uh, appointed their coordinators. National plans are to be presented by March 21. And as we said, we are really closely working with member states for the implementation of the, of the European Child Guarantee, which is really focused uh, on the children in need. Uh, for those, we have to ensure equal opportunities because we need to break the disadvantage, the psychological disadvantage and of poverty starting from childhood. We will come forward with a minimum income recommendation in 2022, so this year, and this will, of course, build, uh, um, uh, in, build in with the framework of minimum wage, European child guarantee. And we have started the beginning, this is only the beginning a work on uh, on homelessness and and uh, on housing by launching uh, the platform um, the platform again we do we did that under the portuguese presidency which has given such a boost to the social dimension in the in the eu and we will continue to work on that in the same time we also have um, a high level working group which is reflecting on the future of uh, the social protection the welfare state and we come with a report this year there are so a lot of initiatives ongoing and we would like to put them really under the spotlight because I think that we are really committed and we need uh, to join these efforts all together um, uh, to, to, to progress uh, and, and to achieve the result because now it's really the crucial moment. Either we manage to get out of the recovery, building back better and uh, really uh, delivering on the promises of a shared uh, of a shared future and a well-being for all our citizens, otherwise we failed an historic opportunity. And I think that here everybody agrees that social justice and social progress are key values that are to be transformed concretely. They are a cornerstone of the European integration project, but they are uh, also concrete deliverables that we uh, are trying to put in place with the action plan and the social pillar, which really is so rich that it has a long-term vision. I think that our object objective today and all the days to come is really that we work together so that European uh, Union emerges a fairer, more resilient, economic and socially from this crisis. And I think that just working together, we can try to achieve this. Thank you very much Thank for your attention and eager to listen to all the colleagues which will, uh, who will take the floor now. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you want to learn more about our conference proceedings, you can check out our recent publication on the topic on our website, www.socialjustice.ie. And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please feel free to email us at secretary at socialjustice.ie with your suggestions. Until next time, stay safe.